spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Ambien. Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning the 2016 and as of speaking has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish i am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable to me to keep the running costs of this podcast going and enjoy take care bye-bye spoken hi guys and again spoken label back in the house and we're on zoom again today i've got a young lady with me today over in from the new jersey area in america but a bit of a right giggle before we are talking about them swearing so so if any put this podcast does get a bit blue it's probably me rather than the old lady. But even though she started the sound of it, she swears as much as my friend does around the corner. So, right. But anyway, I've got Elise with me today. Elise, then, how, how did you manage to say it again, Elise? Is it Elise? Uh, Versella. Versella, that was it. Versella. I said, then they said Versella, then I thought, like, well, that's wrong. <laughs> okay, Elise. Seriously, would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Because I know you said you're not originally from the New Jersey area. So you said from New York, aren't you? So tell us about. Okay. When you moved over to Jersey, and where all your writing came from? Let's start from there. So I'm originally born in Staten Island, New York. A little New Yorker here. But I moved, my family moved when I was little. So basically, New Jersey raised um, down by like Asbury Park, uh, Seaside Heights area. So I think my writing definitely stems from uh, being close to the sea and the pine barrens so nature is really prevalent in my poems oh excellent excellent did did you were you writing when you were a child in we or did it come a bit later on yeah i think i started writing my first really bad poems uh when i was like 11 or 12 i think it was just you know, the angsty preteen years, the no one understands me and I can't ever get my point across and no one's listening. So I took to writing these angsty little poems. Uh, and then it, well, yeah, it, it morphed, it metamorphosized into this much bigger thing. I think it does, doesn't it, really, when you start writing like that? I think you have to, when you're writing poetry, this applies to me as well as you, is... You're learning, you're learning um, from, from the beginning because you can't write, jump in writing epic quality poetry straight away. You have to, you have to learn it, don't you? So, and home your craft, really. So, yeah. you really find your voice. Yeah. You know, like what you're actually trying to say. 
No, I can believe it. And you've been doing this for quite a while as well, because you just surprised me by telling me how many books you've actually done. Because <laughs> I knew I knew of two of them, so I didn't know you'd done four, right? So well, we'll come on to that in a minute. So when you were growing up, then obviously, was there any writers that you really liked? Was it any sort of writers that made a particular impact on you? Because I know you did a feature us on the Sunday Tribune, didn't you? When you talked about one one writer that you really like. Yes, uh, Francesca Leah Block, taking a workshop with her later on this evening. Uh, she had edited this most recent manuscript. It's, it's, a, it's a fangirl moment when your favorite author, you finally get to actually work with her. But I remember I was such a, I, I am still such a book nerd and I would spend all my time at the local library and I remember the first book I read when I finally made it through the children's section was uh, Francesca Leah Block's um, Weetsy Bat books. I remember picking up Witch Baby. I still remember the cover. It was a very distinct cover. Had like the sort of like bright green cover with like bright pink writing and little skates and a bat backpack which you know if you've read the book anyone listening who's read witch baby would know about the bat backpack for witch baby but that was the first book I read of hers you know as I maneuvered into the YA fiction section and I was enamored instantly just it magical magical writing oh that's really good that I think it's, it's always good as a writer I think you've got to have one or two writers that if you when you become a writer that really really grab you and i've got probably two that really grab me one's actually from your way paul lawster actually because i absolutely i absolutely adore paul lawster and i like one or two british poets as well so but yeah i get you completely right it's just it's great when you think you see that you get in your case you're working with a writer aren't you tonight that's just your basic your idol and it's i'd be i wouldn't even know what to say to some of my idols <laughs> <laughs> and don't they often say like never meet your idols or something like that yeah yeah i've heard that before so because it's i've had one or two idol people musicians are like they said to me don't become friends with me i'm easy i'm not as nice a person you may think i am right oh, shoot. That's but yeah anyway so obviously we're here to talk about you and you and your writing really and i know obviously we'll, do, we'll talk about your four books in order then because I know your first book you told me before, Five Foot Voice, came out 10 years ago now. So yeah. now, how long did that book, book take to come together then? Was that book that was quite a while then, was it? Or did it come together quite quick now? I feel like most of Five Foot Voice was a culmination of all of my writing from like high school and I guess like the year and a half after. So it, it was... Yeah, it was really, it was easy to put together because I had all the poems there and it was just a matter of putting them in some type of order, you know, that would make sense and picking and choosing the best ones. Yeah, yeah, of course. So now, obviously, looking back at this book now, 10 years later, I know what I like my first book. And I can be honest and admit this is part of it. I have to cringe about my very first book. <laughs> but did you find... You look back at it now, it's, it's that sort of first book syndrome, isn't it? And you think to yourself, wow, I'm just such a different writer now to what I was then. It's really true. I feel I'm, I'm proud of Five Foot Voice. I am. 
And there are definitely a bunch of poems in there that I go back and I think, wow, I wrote that. But then there, there are others, so many others. I'm just like, ooh, who was I back then? You are, I think as a writer, don't you? Like, you start, like I said, over that period. And you constantly pulling books out every couple of years. It's, I think it's each book's come with a reaction to the third to the previous book so like it's i think and obviously starting again from scratch again aren't you with the first book really so it's like it's gonna be very different to what came later on i suppose doesn't it yeah i think it's like such a it's like the mile marker of your life i think each book so like i'll go back and read fight for voice and i'm instantly thrown back into like high school essentially and what i was you know what was going on in my life at that time and it's it's like a it's like a diary almost yeah <laughs> no I get that I agree with you that one I think it is like I know my first book came out I was everything I was writing about was people I knew at the time partner the partner I just finished from the part I just started seeing and it's it's the way I mean your life goes sometimes like that and you're right, it's in a book. I call it, you know, I call poetry in a book. I call it an emotional diary. Yes. And I think it tends to work out over diaries spread over a certain amount of years of each book. So, yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Well, I did say four. See, people are people aware. You have done four books. So, and when did the second book come out then? Onion Heart. Second book came out in 2012. Yeah, 2012. That was a tumultuous year for me. I, I'm very proud of Onion Heart. Um, yeah, why Onion Heart then? Because that's an unusual title straight away. I know. It was very much like peeling back the layers of myself. I'd gone through a really, it was a pretty traumatic like first breakup, you know, like that initial like first real, real relationship and the fall, like the falling apart. And, you know, I was... I still am young, but I was younger at the time. And just that moment of not recognizing yourself any longer after the ending of that relationship, it was a little bit traumatic. And so Onion Heart was just trying to peel away those really, like an onion has those very thin layers of skin. And that's how I felt like very fragile. And Onion Heart was just trying to find myself again. Right, yeah, and yeah, I get you now. Now, I can see with this book, um, there's over 80 poems in this book. So was this book wrote almost hand-in-hand hand with the first book then? Because obviously, like, or did you write it all in pretty well a year and 18 months? <laughs> I feel like... See, the... it's funny. I was, I was definitely writing a lot more back then because... I also had this bank job and the bank was quite dead. Not a lot of people, not a lot of foot traffic. So I would kind of just write on word processor in between transactions. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I can say this now because I'm not out these jobs. Companies have gone bust and yeah, join the club, right? <laughs> when I was younger, <laughs> I could have been one place I worked at and and it's gone bust, I can say this. I mean, I'm not going to end the company. I was there for six months, sat in the reception desk, never seen anybody. I, used to, I filled up like two or three notepads on that projected novel. Yeah, I did. I did some great writing at that bank. 
<laughs> oh, at least we say you're honest enough to admit it. So brilliant. Okay, now what I'm curious about this book is um, I know there was nine headings in this book, wasn't there? Was this um splitting in the sections planned from the beginning? Was it, or did that come later in the book? It was. It was the first couple books. Well, yeah, those first two books because I think I had so many and I was just trying to section them all. Hmm. In you know, because I think each poem in each section they all shared the same integral theme so I figured I want to put those poems together now that I'm older and more aware of how things work I do have an actual you know I feel like sometimes poetry books they don't have to be read in order but there is like an arcing theme to most poetry books so I've learned the years yeah join the club really because my first book was the greatest hits really at the time then the second the next two books came after that were seasonal books basically so yeah I, you give you learn this natural progression in it so yeah, yeah, yeah. complete that so okay and after that i know you wrote another third book as well a few wild stanzas which i love that title <laughs> now when did this book come out? Did, it, did this book come out in 2013, then, did it? <laughs> it? It came out in 2014. I mean, you give yourself a year, extra year's break yeah. this time, man. <laughs> that one was definitely, I was in, like, a very nice, happy place. I feel like that book was definitely, I think that was the book <laughs> where that was the beginning of, like, this women's empowerment moment for myself. You could Feel the divine feminine energy beginning in a few wild stanzas. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. I was looking at the extracts online with this one, and um, like I said, in this one, did this obviously would it take you taking a bit longer to write this book? Did you find that your approach changed from the first two books? Then? Yeah, it did. I think just the themes that I was covering, and I think you you kind of zone in on. I guess your personal theme. I don't know how else to say that. Because it was very, at that point in my life, I was starting to find my own footing, I think. Right, yeah, you know, so yeah, I think you do come natural, pardon me, natural progression from book to book. And like it was, I find it interesting the fact that, like, obviously, we're talk, we've touched on your first three books online now, and I didn't actually know the fourth book. And then you just told me, oh, yeah, there's a fourth book now. So yeah. <laughs> so when did the fourth book come out? Is that, was that much more recently then, was it, I presume? Yes, it officially came out this past, uh, this February, February 25th. Came out on the night of a full moon. Oh, I was always there. Yes. <laughs> yes, which is brilliant. Because it's called when wolves become birds, so oh, I was very, brilliant. very happy. You know that whole wolf girl vibe when it's coming out on a full moon. It was fantastic. Okay, so that makes it then basically it's a seven year gap then basically, isn't it? Between the yeah. third and fourth book then. So I'm presuming it. I know I know it took five years between my first two books. So did you find then the fourth book caused you, as I would say, problems? <laughs> it. I don't know if it, I wouldn't say it caused problems. I feel like I really, the first three books were self-published and I knew for this manuscript, I wanted, I didn't want to self-publish again. I really wanted to try and 
hit that next step as a poet of being picked up by a, a press. Um, so I spent those that gap six years like submitting the manuscript everywhere under the sun. But I did so much growing and learning, and I feel like I learned so much about the business side of poetry, which sounds awful as an artist, you know, the business side of art. But um, I'm really appreciative of that time. And I do think it taught me patience. Patience really is a damn virtue. Yeah, no, I think so as a poet sometimes. It's not like, I know novelists that can put a novel out every year. I think poetry, you can't, it doesn't operate that way at all, does it? I think it's, no. you, you have to force it a lot more. And I was talking to Amanda in my partner about this before, and she writes novels, she's on some six novels now, as well as two poetry books. And she tells me, like, when you get to a certain stage in the book, you can just, you can just keep going with it, you can, even if you're not, you're hitting with a brick wall. But poetry is like, it's the snapshots aren't they? So, so it's much harder. With that one so yeah well done now okay then obviously with the book coming out in lockdown then so yeah that's when that, that's like that's when it gets fun really doesn't it trying to promote it <laughs> so now we were talking before about obviously i know and we're going to ask you about this next um you used to, i know you used to do a lot of readings didn't you in various coffee houses yeah. near where you live and stuff and tell people what the state of play is like around there at the moment because i think it's quite interesting actually it's a very it's a weird dichotomy right now because we're like kind of open, but not really open. So, I mean, there are a few places. Basically, we've taken to like art galleries and we've done closed sets where just the performers will be at the art gallery and will live stream to an audience. Uh, recently, we just found a coffee shop that is going to host monthly open mics but they have this lovely wraparound porch so we, we it's covered you know we could nice. do it outdoors nice i said it's all oh, good luck good luck with that definitely and let's hope then you can get yourself back indoors fairly soon and with it so yeah because i know at the moment in our case in england with the, most of the pubs and bars and cafes are all still shut at the moment but they're just starting to let people in now but then you have like the table of six thing and you can't hope to go and do nights in there at the moment. Uh, that's why. So it's there's but I said if the weather improves around there, we're gonna there's starting to be outdoor regions coming up. So but a lot of it just wait and see, I suppose, isn't it? So now there's a few things I want to talk to you about today, um, Elise, as well. Now, first one is um, I know you were you were nominated for a pushcart award, haven't you? for being a contributing yes. writer to Rebel Society. Do you want to tell us about that then? Yeah. Oh, the Pushcart nomination came from, and I'm still so beyond, but like beside myself that that even happened. Oh, that's major. That's major. Well, well done, seriously, for that. I was like, what is happening right now? But Rebel Society, I really feel like that was the beginning of my quote-unquote poetic career um my best friend's mom had reached out to me she said you know you should check out this place for bell society they have great uh work and you could you know it's free to submit 
So I ended up submitting a few pieces and they accepted them. And here we are all these years later, I've got contributing writer um, to put next to my name. And that was really, I feel like the jumping off point for everything else because it introduced me and opened so many doors to me. I met so many people. Um, Catherine Schweig uh, runs Women's Spiritual Poetry and she had seen some of my pieces on Rebel Society and she reached out to me um, if I would submit to her blog and I did and that's how I got into those anthologies. Their most recent one was Goddess When She Rules and the piece I had written for that anthology is the one that got the push carton on. I'm very proud of it. I'm so oh, thankful. Play with that one. That's, that's that's excellent, really excellent going. That is so. So, um, was that for this year then? Was it or was it for another previous year that the push card nomination? I think that was 2018. Was oh, so I mean, you were you were you were you were in lockdown getting and getting all the nomination then, were you? So it's like <laughs> you're in a normal sort of world, like thinking, wow. <laughs> I do remember, though, that I was sick with a cold when I got the news that I had gotten the nomination. Oh, God, yeah, completely. That's the only thing that got me out of bed that weekend. Oh, God, yeah. It would be like, he's always be like, leave me alone. I want to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So, OK, um, a couple of things to finish off with today. Like this, I want to ask you next about, I know you've had a, done an anthology, haven't you? Good goddess you've been involved with. Goddess When She Rules which raised money for the, I'm not sure, is it Malia Fund? Have I got that right? That was your last, Marla? your latest, um, Marla, that's it, yeah, yeah. Marla, yeah. So my mispronunciation. So. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about that experience? Then? I know, it's hard. Yeah. That was a lovely experience, you know, and I still go back and I, re I reread that anthology a lot of times. It's almost, it's almost become like a little Bible, to reread these articles, like these little essays and poems and prose pieces, it really was that divine feminine energy and empowering for women. And it was so nice. I know that we didn't all like meet in person, but it felt like I had found this new sisterhood. Honestly, it's become like a sisterhood of women and it's just been so satisfying to the soul, really. Yeah. Oh, understandable. How did your involvement in this project come up originally? Were you asked about this, were you? Yes. So Catherine Schweig uh, runs Women's Spiritual Poetry, and this is the third anthology that she decided to put together. And it was a it was a real community effort. Like it really is a sisterhood that put together these anthologies, and I'm so grateful to have been just a small part of it. Oh, yeah, completely. I can understand you completely. Some again, some would be proud of. So, okay, uh, a couple of questions, well, oh, a couple of questions to finish off with now. So, do you have any plans, got plans for the future going forward and what you can reveal? Any future projects? So, I, I am working. I have another manuscript that we're trying to get out there, a small chapbook collection. And, uh, Really hoping to win some contests in my future. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> obviously, I can't ask you too much about that because obviously at the moment, but is that 
is that a new manuscript or has that been wrote about by the run but at the same time as doing a new collection <laughs> it's, it's interesting i feel like i i put out this latest collection and pandemic you know and just you know so much going on this past summer in america um it there was a lot to write about there was a lot to write about and to process emotionally and i think poetry has always been the way that i process things or make sense of anything and i know here in america there was a lot to try and make sense of so yeah, it's been, been a lot of changes happened in america in the past year that's for sure and i think yeah. you're gonna have a lot more to come through in the next year and that's not getting politics i'm not it's just been oh, yeah it's a lot to confront on many levels um so simultaneously yeah a new manuscript was born good well, fingers crossed it so well if you can when it comes out come back come back and come back on again i'll love to have you yes, on today thank so, you. Be a pleasure so okay now if people want to find out more about you where are the best going oh uh they can totally reach out to me via my website elisebrisella.com it's got all my social media handles there i'm mostly active on instagram so you could connect with me elise0x is my Instagram handle. But again, my website will take you to all the social medias. And um, people are wondering as well, you can you can find links to your books on there as well. I know you've got a direct links to the book set up on each one of those three. And the fourth one will obviously be coming up shortly as well, so, <laughs> which I didn't know about. <laughs> so, but obviously, can all these books In the be found? process of updating yeah, the website. It will happen. Now, obviously, <laughs> with the books themselves, they can be found in all the usual places, and like Amazon, County, etc. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you want to order it from your local bookstores, because we've got to support our local bookstores. Yeah, and, uh, ours aren't even open at the moment, so <laughs> the only ours is online only. I'm very upset about that because um, a lot of books came out. I think it's interesting that I, I learned this, but some books come out first where you guys are, and then I have to wait here in America for them to be released, like American publishing date. And there was one book that come out and I was really excited for it. I wanted to order it and it wasn't out in America yet. So I ended up ordering it from Waterstones. Yeah, that's our big book. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good one. Thank, but, you. Um, thank you, Waterstones. <laughs> Brilliant bookshop, Waterstones. Waterstones, if you want to sponsor a spoken label, please get in contact. <laughs> we'd, we'd love to have you. And I'm sure Lisa, Lisa would like to fly over to, to England to do a special reading for you as well. I would so enjoy that if Waterstones wants to carry my book on the shelf. <laughs> I hope let's keep our fingers crossed then. Okay, well, seriously, that's all my questions today, Elise. So we'll let you get go to take a quick break and get composed, and you're going to read out some points for us in the second half. It's been a pleasure today. I've really enjoyed this chat. It's been a great 25-minute chat this, so we really enjoyed oh, it. Oh, I love this. It's been really good fun. So thank you today for that. So thank you. you. See you all in a minute. Spoken Hey, guys. Still here with Elise. She's going to do a number of pieces for us now. Uh, I think at least you say five pieces that we agreed, did we? Is that okay for you? Yeah, perfect. Over to you then, okay. Okay. This is the title poem uh, from the book. I'm going to start with that. When Wolves Become Birds. 
growing, snapping bones, tight skin. What shall become of werewolf girls who shave their pelts and molt feathers instead? Who at full moon seek out the stars with their wings? What happens when you finally believe you are worthy of life below this vast sky and that the sky is yours? It's hers and his and ours. The hours are counting down and I like the sound of endless possibility. I like the sound of my heartbeats at midnight. Wolves become birds and will fly. Our howls becoming songs, mocking birds repeat. And this is the first poem from the book. This opens when wolves become birds. This is called, I have never written love poems. Never felt they gut me the way a hunter guts his kill. You need to cut open the body, disembowel it before the innards poison the meat. You are holding on to heartbreak because it produces better poetry. The trick of it is never write a poem to live flesh. Write instead to what has passed. One day you will look upon the bloodstained forest not with regret. You will thank the deer for its sustenance and the hunter, the strong stomach needed to empty you out. Brilliant. Really, I think the first two pieces go really well hand in hand there straight away. Great choices. This next one is called The Distance Between Two Selves. Is this from your new book, current book as well, is it? Yes, yes. These are all from my uh, most recent uh, book, When Wolves Become Birds. The Distance Between Two Selves. Consider the distance between two points. The first is a height, the second, the fear of the climb. And the distance extends out like a telescope, the farther a star moves away. In this way, wings betray a blue jay. But consider the altitudes a body can reach. Like a body asleep projects the soul to an astral plane. How a dream given branches builds a nest, a home and does not second guess feathers left to compost. Heavy may be the bags of bitter salt that break open like the earth or the heart. Heavy handed, it spreads like chaos. The load trusted more than the ability to bear it. The lover considered foolish. How she lets her body burst forth with brilliant understanding of what it means to love someone as much as she loves herself. Stop trying to calculate what can't be measured. Like ocean fathoms and familiar phantoms, their hauntings mistaken for friendship. Trust again in the night sky. Do not mourn the fading of its stars as they burn, scorching the arid dirt. You are the sapling reaching, but you are not the binding root. And your tears will not set the ground aflame. They extinguish the thirst of so many choking doves. Darling, the mountain is never the obstacle. It has always been your fear of the stumble. Do you think all fledgling birds consider distance before they learn flight? No, they simply fly. Ooh, excellent ending there. Excellent. Nice, nice. Again, you can see that they're all from the same period of time with these poems. You can feel it quite well, the conciseness together there. That's, that's quite a bit longer, that one, isn't it? Than the uh, first two poems that one did you find. So, but were the poems in the book, were they varying all the time? Were they in lengths and styles a bit for you? I feel like 
most of the poems in this collection are a bit shorter because I feel like I, I learned how to be more concise. <laughs> I, sometimes it's very hard for me. I could, I could go on writing some, some lengthy poems sometimes. I think mean, sometimes um, the, the crunch point is knowing when to stop. And as a writer, yeah. if you're learning how to do that, that's a good point. <laughs> it's, it's so hard, right? Because that instantly you have to be able to edit yourself. And it's very hard to like throw away something. And sometimes I'll find myself, okay, we're going to throw away this whole stanza. It's gone now. <laughs> but it does, you know, and I, I joined a poetry group that we meet monthly and we would critique each other's work. So I, I thank them really, because I, I have learned, I think, how to write a more concise and clear poem Crit critique helps <laughs> yeah a good group definitely helps that one because Absolutely. when i first got into poetry or before properly you could say when the, about 2009 ter 10 territory it was the same for me i went into a group in manchester and yeah i learned a lot from them and it's a good group if you listen to people you can learn a lot from excellent okay yeah. on to your fourth poem now yeah i think yeah, we're going to do this one. I really like performing this poem. So this is called For All the Dreams I Still Have Yet to Dream and All the Dreams Once Had. I said, I want to cast spells, mother. Let the pearls drip forth from the oyster shell of my mouth. I want to taste the cities, mother. Hold the earth like a lover holds my hips above the ledge of his. I won't hold secrets and empty promises. I want blood oath and lightning strikes terror and the shriek of a nightmare, jolting me alive, nocturnal birds once the day sets. Watch the girls as they set their masks down, embrace our dark nights and vulnerability, that I still cry and shout so you can hear me. Over the sting in my throat, the sting of the salty crusting waves, I swear to God one day I'm gonna drown in. But for now, I'm learning how to float how to sip of love and not get drunk. Oh, how the tide wants to pull me back with her. But I am still a stubborn woman, mother. I am learning how to take a fighter stance on shifting plates. I try to pirouette and I am graceless, but thank God for that. Thank God for my vulgar mouth and my two small hands. They hold this bleeding organ like an offering to no God at all but my younger self, that Holy Ghost haunting skeletal halls that creak a little more upon waking now. Kneecaps remember what it was like to run, hunched, howling, because it hurt to learn I must become a beast. Some of us never shed the pelt for wings, forget we were made for skies and we make our own heavens from the pearly gates of our teeth. A smile that bites back like a dog in the junkyard, a warning behind a chain link fence. We were all born in the gutter with our star eyes full of stars, mother. Maybe we did fall to earth from Mars, but I still believe in what we've been building here, even if we burn it down daily. Aren't we all witches that the burn at the stake daily? Joan of Arc, and maybe I am crazy. Crazy as my feet levitate from the grass as I dance and spin, righteous, divine, like a dervish. I spin in the grass and the dew wets my cheeks. I think I'm crying. For all the lost souls who once held mad dreams, foaming like the seashore at the mouth of their bays, there is no jetty jagged enough to break my wake. Oh, I am dreaming, mother. 
do not attempt to wake me. I'm hoping that poem is not about your mum there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll just move on. I think definitely that fantastic stuff again. That really, I really feel enjoyed like that. There are a lot of times, you know, people you know, family members will they'll say something and it kind of just strikes something within me that I have to, it's almost like a response, not completely directed. It kind of morphs into the generalized, there's a poem in this book. My dad had said something about my vulgar mouth and I kind of just, it morphed into this greater piece about the patriarchy. Yeah, and it probably, from what I could understand, it probably had about 40 F-bombs in it as well. <laughs> well of course, we're not, we're not going to hear any of that today, of course. So, okay, we're on to the, the finale now. If I, had to, yes. if, I could play, if I could play a trumpet at least, I'd have the big, big trumpet finale for you now. <laughs> Drum roll. <laughs> this is the final poem in the book. It's called A Walking Verse of Poetry. Look how far you've come, how glorious you've become, how much lighter and free, how strong, self-assured, goddamn girl, how good it feels to love your fucking self, to have gone after your dreams. Look at all you have achieved, this body, this walking verse of poetry, how delicious it all tastes now that I no longer hold my tongue. Watch me. The wolf girl shedding a coarse pelt. Watch me soar like a hawk. It feels so good to dig these talons through the dirt. Fuck it all up. The grave they tried to dig for me. I made an Eden of it. Wow, you caught me out then. <laughs> <laughs> what people wouldn't know is obviously when the poets are talking in the poem second half, I always mute myself and I thought to myself after the last two poems, I thought at least sort of carrying on for a little bit longer. We didn't, you caught me completely out then. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> no, really good, really good way of finishing. It's, it's been a pleasure today. I've really, really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. As Don Callas says, everybody, stay safe and stay over. And we'll see you all soon. Take care, guys, and thank you again, Louise. Spoken Lane.